What a great way to wake up. With a cup of logic, reason, and common sense. Welcome to the Independence Morning View. Let's get to it. Good morning to you wherever you are in the world. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined this morning by Bruce Adams. Good morning, Bruce. How are you this morning? Warm, I hope. Yeah, staying warm. Healthy life. Um, It's a bit warmer today than it was yesterday. Still have snow on the ground, but it's sunny. So, yeah, there's that. That's good. That's good. Okay, big day today. Big day today. Today's the day we land on Mars, right? It is. It is indeed the day we land. Pretty exciting. This one is uh, uh, an interesting one. It's housing a a helicopter in this one. Um, So we're we're testing that on uh, Mars. It's it's like 1 one hundredth the atmosphere density, I believe. Something in that range. And to be fair, right, the landing unknown to us just happened. So by the time this goes out, then everyone's going to know it anyway. So the landing just happened. Everything went normally. We tried to pull up the live stream, but apparently we missed it by just like a few minutes. Um, But so, okay, so what happened? Everything's fine. So when's the when's this thing going to pop out now and start driving around? So uh, basically how this went down is uh, the craft itself uh, entered, um, shoot popped, the heat shielding ejected. Um, then the um, the uh, rover, well, not the rover, but the the station it was attached to, right? The bit, the capsule it was attached to, starts scanning the ground using radar and you know optics and all that kind of stuff, uh, cameras and whatnot. Then after reaching uh, a, a a certain altitude, I believe it's uh, like one point three miles or somewhere in that range. It looks like it detached from this craft or from the capsule. And then it had a powered descent and, you know, used thrusters and everything. And then when it got close to the ground, um, it used a uh, pulley system, a winch, basically, to lower it down, uh, the rover itself, to the ground. And then the platform that was carrying the rover flew off and landed somewhere else. So the rover's already on the ground and has sent pictures back. Interesting. And the helicopter? Uh, I'm not sure where the helicopter is attached, actually. I don't know if it's on the platform or if it's, uh, so, uh, you know, on the rover itself. Uh, I'm not exactly sure yet. All right. So one thing that's interesting about this is the fact that we're going to be able to take samples with it, and then we're going to be able to get it back here. Now, my question is, is how's this thing going to get back? With the rocket, I would imagine. That's... Uh, platform the platform may have had the rocket uh bits oh, on it so they built the return know. they built the return into the the thing yes that that's my understanding is there there is already a, a system to uh propel it back um having a lower gravity and a, a thinner atmosphere it, it doesn't take as much thrust to get it off the planet and back into orbit so um that the, the platform may actually have all that uh, associated with it, and it may actually be on the rover. Uh, you know, they may not need a, a very large rocket to send a, the, a small sample container back. You know, it, the sample container may literally be the size of a Coke can, for example. I mean, it, it may be pretty small. We don't need a whole lot of material to really uh, study it, but there's a lot more testing we can do back here on Earth that we can't do there on a rover because we can't smash it into a, the, the, you know, the size of the rover. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of the um, technology. So, well, at least we're there. 
right? At least we're there. We've been waiting on this one for quite some time. So we do. I mean, we've already got a couple of rovers up there. Yeah, we do. Actually, um, quite a few uh, rovers up there. In fact, the first one tier a few years back, I think, just lost power fairly recent, you know, within a, a few years span. So that one overlived its lifespan by like 10 years or, or more. Um, but we've had other ones here more recently with an RTG, which is a basically a, a nuclear battery, if you will, a nuclear power source. The name is like a radio, uh, I don't remember, it's a radioisotopic uh, something. Anyway, it, it basically uses radiation as its power source. Makes me wonder why we don't strap little nuclear reactors onto these things in the first place. I mean, you never want to run out of energy. There you go. I mean, what are we afraid yeah. of? You know, something's going to go wrong and we contaminate another planet. I mean, we're already, I mean, we're already kind of doing that. So it's a little heavy, though. That's the problem. Yeah. Because, you know, it's uranium or, or some other radioactive material. So. All right. Uh, on to social media. So what do we have going on with Facebook? Well, uh, if you are a patron of Facebook, you already know that you cannot um, talk about uh, COVID-19, right? Unless, unless it, it's it's to say you should be out there wearing four masks, in which case um, you're you're probably okay. Uh, but if you have any kind of uh, qualm with uh, the information that's coming out about wearing masks, and you pull out the facts, um, you will be shot down by Facebook. Uh, your your message will at least be annotated, uh, and and they'll have some link to some arbitrary nonsense about COVID nineteen and blah blah blah. Same with the vaccine. If you have any problem with the vaccine, obviously you're going to be uh, censored a little bit. Same with voter fraud. Yeah, we, we know those ones. Now they're adding a new one, climate change. That is the next one on the uh, to-do list, if you will. I see. I see. For them. Yeah. So you'll have your posts uh, annotated and they'll, they'll have a little link just like we've seen with uh, the, there is no uh, voter fraud or, you know, those kind of things. It'll have a link. Uh, associated with that as well. And you may actually get yourself banned if they deem it um, too egregious, uh, the things that you post. Is climate change a problem? I mean, look what's happening in Texas, right? That's that's because right. of climate change, you know? Yeah. Man-made, you know? man-made yeah. climate man -made, change. Yeah, man-made climate change. Because, uh, you know, we never get snow here uh, in, in the prairie lands. You know, we never see any kind of snow here. It's usually nice and warm year round. And, and now all of a sudden we have these crazy weather, you know, we get tornadoes and stuff now. It, it, I mean, it's just it man-made climate change, clearly. Yeah. That's, it's that's just, unheard of. It, it's it, like... Uh, unprecedented. Yeah. Unprecedented. Yeah, we, unprecedented. Haven't, we haven't seen that since the last... The last time, what was it, the glaciers? Yeah, we haven't seen that, that that actually formed the Appalachian Mountains, just saying. So, I mean, we, we haven't seen anything like that in, I don't know, six months, a year. Happens. Yeah, about, about that long. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. happens. But believe yeah. me, you're going through the Appalachian Mountains. Believe me, I've driven through them in this time. You go through Pennsylvania this time of year. I, I'm serious. You, you go through Pennsylvania this time of year. Oh, my goodness. I remember driving up. I, I was on my way to New York. And I was going through, I was going up the Pennsylvania Turnpike. And of course, you're going right up through the mountains, right? Up through the, the, the Appalachians and the Alleghenies, right? You're going right up through there. Okay, so as I'm going down through there, I see on the opposite side, not the side of the road I was on, but the opposite side where the, the, um, opposite, the traffic was going the opposite way. I saw six snow plows, all diagonal to each other, right? Going along, plowing everything. So one was throwing snow in front of the other, in front of the other, in front of the other, right? Off to the side. And there was an ice storm, plus snow was coming down like crazy, all in the meantime. I stopped at a service area, right, rest area, whatever you want to call it, 
I stopped at one of those just to get off of the road because it was just too bad. I was in four wheel drive and it was just too bad. And when I got off the road and I got pulled into an area where I could just, you know, hold up for a little while, I could get something to eat and all that stuff. I knocked like I couldn't do anything because my windshield wipers are completely frozen. I, I couldn't do anything. And, and this has been like uh, 16, 17 years ago, something like that, when I had actually gotten out of the car and I knocked off an inch of ice, an inch of ice off of my antenna. Okay, there was an inch thick cylinder of ice that was my antenna. Okay, that that's how bad it was when I was driving up through there. And my, I mean, my my two windshield wipers—they were just two blocks of ice. I couldn't do anything. Like that is an actual storm. That's a storm. A foot of snow, a, a foot of snow in the in the Appalachian Mountains. Are you insane? Are you insane? That's that's extreme weather. The people that live in the Appalachian Mountains would be happy to only have a foot of snow. <laughs> yeah. Gee whiz. Yeah. All right. So okay, the good news is that. Everything's been debunked about what's going on down in Texas, but we're not going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. So you have to tune into us on our exclusive tomorrow to get that, that to get that conversation because you're not going to believe who is saying this one, who's making this claim. All right. Uh, anyway, no. I don't know how we got off on a climate change. I, I'm just I'm, I'm tired of the climate change stuff. They're shifting from COVID to climate change, and it's just oh, it's disgusting. Actually, uh, so we're going to run into the same situation with climate change and with COVID, and that's they're totally ignoring the science. They're, they're going to totally ignore and look, you know, look the other way. When we bring science up, they're going to, oh, you're just a X, Y, Z. You're a bigot. You're a racist. You're a fascist. You're a whatever. That, that's all they're going to do, just like they did with COVID. Yep. Yep. Okay. Do you think Amazon should become an airline? An airline? Yeah. I remember I, uh, I talked about this a while back and I thought, why doesn't Amazon just become an airline? Uh, I mean, uh, I don't know how cost effective it would be for them to do that. Because I mean, I know they're moving cargo back and forth. So they are maybe domestically, but internationally. Well, I don't now know. think about I mean, it. Think about it. They've been they've been bankrupting the airlines. And so yeah. this is going to leave it wide open for a company to come in and buy up all the assets for pennies on the dollar. Right. Yeah, true. Mm hmm. Amazon Air will have a growth spurt this spring and could eventually resemble an airline, according to a new study. But see, you won't be allowed to travel. So uh, I, I don't know that it would really be advantageous for them to to do the, the airline thing. So uh, you, you'll just have all your products shipped to you, right? you know, because yeah. you're going to be restricted to where you can go uh -huh. in the future. So, yeah. I mean, we're already restricted anyway. We're already restricted anyway. Yeah. Amazon's aircraft fleet is on pace to have doubled in size between May 2020 and June of this year. It's one of several moves that the, that signal a broader expansion of Amazon's air cargo operations. If they're into so much air cargo, I could see them transitioning to passenger flights, uh, especially if they're going to be on board with all of that woke ESG garbage. The company recently posted job listings for maintenance managers and staff to oversee contractors indicating Amazon Air is one step closer to being set up and run like an actual airline. Amazon Air now makes an average of 140 flights per day and is expanding its fleet. As new airplanes are added to the fleet, we anticipate the number of flights will grow by 100 will grow to 160 plus by June of 2021, so June of this year. If it reaches this milestone, Amazon Air will have approximately doubled in size in the 13 months between May 2020 and June 2021. So basically what you're saying is these lockdowns have been good for business. For Amazon, for Amazon. yeah. 
Yeah, for Amazon, of course it has. I mean, they've increased their market share a hundredfold, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, look at the look at the way this company's booming. So they're fine, right? They're an essential business. I don't remember any of their stuff being shut down. Do you? I don't remember anything being knocked down to. Oh, I don't know. 70% capacity, 50% capacity, 10% capacity closed completely. I don't recall any of that, do you? I I no, don't. No, I don't either. It was an essential service. I mean, you you couldn't you couldn't interfere with that. No, of course not. Of course you won't be able to buy from there in the future if you don't have your environmental and social score up to enough enough of a standard. Yeah. Uh, Still, analysts believe Amazon's growth trajectory could set it on a collision course with major shippers. Morgan Stanley predicted Amazon could potentially leverage its end-to-end logistics operations to to offer delivery services to outside parties as soon as this year. So some people are speculating that uh, uh, aside from that, let me see. Okay, so they say they're saying uh, Amazon is bringing some air cargo cargo operations in house instead of relying on outside contractors. Over the last few months, company has posted. Okay, if you're just leasing planes, which they do, they lease them through a company. uh, You don't set up an internal staff that has expertise in heavy maintenance and things like that. Yeah, because you're you're leasing them, so you just get the work done through their contractors. Any shift away from contractors will move slowly, at least in the US. So this is what they're speculating on. So they're hiring and posting job listings for contractors and staffers and people to oversee that. So they're thinking that they're going to get away from leasing these airlines or these airplanes through uh, these companies, and they're going to transition into owning their own aircraft and employing people and staffing people to to operate and maintain those. So they're saying that that's going to be the step. I'm assuming. So yeah, you you could actually be right, and and the fact that you know posing your question, should they get into that game? They may actually buy up those airline aircraft for penny on the pennies on the dollar and use it for cargo shipping. I can see Amazon getting into the uh, the airline game for sure. All right, let's talk six G wireless. What do you know about 6G wireless? Uh, I know 6G has been in uh, production for a while. Production, excuse me, research. And anything more on it? I don't know hardly anything on it. I haven't looked into it. I, I, I knew it was a thing. I just, I don't know the specs or the stats compared to 4G or 5G. They're a bit overzealous, aren't they? I mean, we haven't even gotten to 5G yet. Well, sort of. So this is... um. Well, I forget what the what the term is offhand. There's a not really a law, but kind of an idea that every 18 months technology doubles upon itself, roughly, except for solar panels. <laughs> except for solar panels, but we're, we're we have a physical limit there. Uh, how much energy the sun outputs? Um, that said, uh, it's been disproven a bit, but that's because government involvement and, and government getting in the way. I think personally, but it stands to reason that yeah, 5G has actually been out for a while. It's been governments that's gotten in the way of the rollout. Huawei, for example, that's that's a government affiliation organization, if you will, uh, CCP, that's gotten in the way of its rollout. Because if they wouldn't have been involved doing their security stuff, we would have 5G. Uh, we would have built our own. More predominantly. Yeah. Which, by the way, side note, Canada did a deal with Huawei. And uh, yeah, just... Uh, wouldn't have seen that one coming with... with uh Trudeau Castro. I'm sorry, uh, Justin Trudeau. I, did I say Trudeau Castro? <laughs> Sometimes I fumble my words like that. Sometimes, yeah, before you slip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no. What uh, do we have any information on what six G? Well, is apparently, be like? apparently. Um, okay, so on October 13th, 2020, Apple introduced its new iPhone 12 models, the company's first to accommodate 5G. Okay, 
So those will do 5G. I actually didn't even know that. I don't know. I don't follow Apple products. Lost in that uh, surrounds any new Apple device was the announced formation of an industry group by the Alliance for Telecommunications Industry Solutions that would begin working on 6G networks. So the next G Alliance, what? I'm just looking at the speed, sorry, the the bandwidth and everything. What is it for 6G? What is it? Okay, so... 4G. We'll use 4G since people are not, uh-huh. you know, familiar. Yeah, I've got 4G now. 4G is roughly 30 or so megabits per second, right? Uh huh. That's about the average. Which is um, really just to be just to be fair, j- just to be fair. Everything that we do, as far as like video calling, downloading music, streaming music, watching Netflix, watching YouTube, all that stuff, that is more than sufficient for what we do. Go for ahead. one person, yes. For, for one person, person, yes. Yeah. Uh, 5G is anywhere from 40 to 1,000 megabits per second. So uh, you can say one one gigabit. One gig, yeah. Um, Which to give people an idea of how fast that is, one gig per second download speed, to give people an idea how fast that is, you can download an entire DVD movie in eight seconds. Yeah, pretty much. Just to put that in perspective. Yeah. Assuming it's the maximum speed the entire time. Right, right. Um, 6G is... One terabit. Uh huh. So it's a thousand times faster than five G. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. That that's um, self driving cars. Gotcha. Yeah. They they give examples of supported devices. Four G, your uh, mobile phone, tablet, you know that kind of thing. Five G is mobile phone, tablets, uh, hotspots, public infrastructure, automated cars. Six G, automated cars, cellular surfaces, and Wi Fi implants. Cellular surfaces. Yeah. Yeah. And Wi Fi. Implants. Implants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. No microchipping going on here. All right. Nope. The, uh, the next G Alliance has been created to, quote, advance North American mobile technology leadership in 6G and beyond over the next decade. No need for no need to get it conspiratorial about these microchips. Bill Gates himself said you don't need to get conspiratorial about that. Those don't exist. He doesn't know where that idea ever came from. At the time of the announcement, the Next G Alliance included founding members. Listen to these companies. AT&T, Bell Canada, Facebook, Microsoft, Qualcomm, and Samsung. Oh, and I'm sure this I'm sure this has nothing to do with anything. I mean, I'm sure they had a couple of late entries. To that group, Apple and Google decided they were going to get in on that too. So just, I'm, uh, I'm sure it's I'm yeah. sure it's got nothing to do with any of that. So no, nah, no, nah. yeah. According to a report at Bloomberg, Apple posted job ads last weekend seeking engineers to quote craft the next generation wireless technology that will have a deep impact on future Apple products and help create next generation disruptive radio access technologies over the next decade. So what is 6G? Now, the short answer is, they're saying in here, the shorter answer is that no one knows yet. Yeah, yeah, no one knows yet, uh uh-huh. But that won't keep any company or country from declaring that whatever it has or will have is real 6G. So apparently China has launched something last November, the satellite last November, that they've called the world's first 6G satellite. Yeah, I'm sure you have. Yeah, I'm sure you have. Actually, they they could have, because here's the thing. The uh, FCC here, uh, you were regulated to no higher than, I'm wanting to say, 5 gigahertz uh, bandwidth. 6G uses the terahertz bandwidth. When you do that, you have a greater range of, um, well, you can send more data through in a a shorter 
time frame shorter. Um, it has to do with wavelengths and everything. You can cram more information into a smaller space, in other words, uh, doing to, to put it in a you know physical sense. Yeah, well, see this one here. They're they're saying they're giving some examples here. Now you you listed there some um, some things um, that this could be used for. They put a few other things in here. So they say if con- if consumers can stream can stream a movie seamlessly with download speeds of around twenty five megabits per second, which is what I said. Four G. That's literally for everything that we do now. That's more than sufficient. What does the world need six G network speeds for? Well, the answer is all of those smart home appliances, self driving cars, healthcare apps. Why do you need 6G for healthcare apps? AI. No, oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And stuff that hasn't even been invented yet, or has it? You've heard us talk before about disruptive technologies. Vehicle-to-vehicle communications, for example, are going to be crucial to fully autonomous vehicles that need not only to watch traffic, but to interact with other vehicles. That will require networks that can transmit a lot of relatively small bits of data at very high speeds. So, yeah, uh, again, self-driving cars, Why? Why? I, I don't I don't recall people asking for them. I don't recall the market actually demanding that we have them. Well, it's honestly, it makes sense with uh, the singularity is getting closer and closer because I, I did quick searches. Cellu- uh, cellular surfaces. I, I did a quick search on that. And basically it is cybernetics implants. Uh-huh. That that type of thing is what that is. Uh, then the Wi-Fi implants, very clearly Wi-Fi implants. You know, it's a cybernetic implant w- with those. <laughs> With those coming, uh, the singularity is getting closer and closer. Singularity is where uh, the human race merges with machine, and that's the future of humans, is you're no longer just a human. You're now biological and synthetic, and that's the future of the human race. That's how we overcome a bunch of limitations. At the same time, it's how we uh, grasp for more control as an authoritarian. Uh, you, You want more control? Have everyone have cybernetics and be able to track them at all times. And if they aren't doing what they're supposed to, well, there's a little kill switch here that just shuts off the cybernetics uh, or, you know. Eventually, your body will get so dependent on those cybernetics that if you don't have them, then you will not function any longer. Just saying. That's how far it goes. I mean, yeah, eventually we'll get to the point to where uh, we'll defeat aging and those kind of things using cybernetics, assuming we go down that road, which we will. And if you don't have the cybernetics, you'll you'll die of old age. I honestly think that the the life extension stuff that you're talking about, I mean, I, I firmly believe that they will have the ability to, I mean, in our lifetime, that's in our lifetime, they will have the ability to extend life by maybe three times. That would be my guess. I think if they continue down gene therapy and they continue with cybernetics, uh, I don't think it's going to be just three times. I think it's going to be indefinitely, uh, at, at least from an old age standpoint. And the reason I say that is they know what it is now. They know what what uh, switch to flip in our DNA to trigger the uh, uh, chemical release that stops us from aging, that gets turned off when we are like 25 or so, 25, 30. Mm-hmm. They know what it is. Now they just have to figure out how to turn it on and keep it on. And if we figure that out, there you go. That solves it. And if you have any problems with such uh, things like, I don't know, you you drink too much alcohol, now your liver's shot. Well, hey, we got a synthetic one we can replace it with. Yeah, we'll just print you, you, you one of those you things. Know. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Print you a new one. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what Klaus Schwab wants to do, right? He wants to give you a, like your own hospital in your house. Yeah, sure, sure. That guy wants you eating bugs and and eating insect butter and all that crap. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with this tech though. This is the problem. I, I, okay, I, oh, I, I'm okay with it, but I don't want Bill Gates anywhere near it. Okay, and you know that son of a bitch is at the forefront of it. I don't want him. And this guy right here, this guy Tim Cook, I don't want him anywhere near it either. And he's the CEO of Apple. 
right? Yeah, that, that, that's, Cook, that's what's concerning. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Tim Cook. No, you're fine. Tim Cook says Apple is working on something that will be even bigger than the iPhone. Hmm. What could that be? Now, he said this yesterday. Oh, maybe a Wi-Fi implant or possibly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cybernetic, something. Well, so yeah, something like that. Now, if you can give me a contact lens that will do. I mean, we've talked about those contact lenses before. If you can give me a contact lens that will give me a heads up display, give it to me. I'll, I'll take it. Which Samsung got that patent years ago. I mean, they've had that patent for a long time. So we know that that's coming. In an interview, in a new interview, Apple CEO Tim Cook proclaimed that products like the Apple Watch are going to help people's ambitions related to health and wellness surpass what the company has done so far with the iPhone. Well, there's a little bit of a problem with that Apple Watch. They're not exactly accurate. Yeah, when you're taking a reading from someone's wrist, it doesn't quite doesn't quite work. Uh, Cook says the company keeps getting letters from people who say the Apple Watch has saved their life. Okay, it may have. May have. Products and offerings like Apple Watch and Apple Fitness Plus are encouraging people to improve their health, aiming at lifestyle changes of a sort that the iPhone never really did to the same degree. You know, I find it funny. You have these companies that are all concerned, like Apple here, for example. They're all concerned about people's health, but yet they're responsible for the depression, the anxiety, the bankrupting of businesses, the shift in our way of life that have caused people to lose everything they've got and to increase their stress, increase their depression, increase their anxiety, commit suicide. That's not a company that is interested in helping you preserve your health. Same thing with Bill Gates. He's not interested in you being healthy. He's interested in you being sick so he can sell you a vaccine. He's not interested in your health. They want you reliant on their products. Of course they do. So I, I can stay healthy just fine. I don't need your garbage product, okay? And, and certainly, certainly to the extent of Apple prices. Are you kidding me? Here's a company that makes, I, I'll bet you there's a hundred bucks worth of hardware in an Apple device, no matter what it is, whether it's an, a watch, a phone, those, those ridiculous glasses they have, whatever it is, an iPod, I, I don't care, an iPad. It's made in China with slave labor and they sell it to you for a premium. You're you know, literally like you're literally spending that money on it's, it's blood money as far as I'm concerned. What yeah. what the hell good is it? So, you know, I, I bought a piece of hardware here recently that ended up being faulty because it was Chinese made and they put a CPU in there that saved them a few dollars. Right. That that was the, the gist of what happened. Instead of putting the one that they said, according to the specs that they put in there, they put in a cheap one. Do you know what that the price of both of those CPU, CPUs are? The original CPU is seven dollars to manufacture that's the wholesale price the one that they installed instead was two dollars and fifty cents to manufacture these things are pennies so yeah they're they're just it's you're paying for the the brand the yeah. name yeah all right uh we are out of time this morning we are gonna have to go but um We'll get into the severe weather later on this afternoon. We didn't get a chance to yesterday because we did a thing with Limbaugh. Uh, we, we were talking about Limbaugh, uh, and it turned out to be a great, uh, great episode, by the way. Uh, so you haven't, if you haven't listened to that yet, please do back, go back and give that a listen as uh, Bruce and I talk about uh, some of the uh, uh, the legacy that uh, that Limbaugh left behind and that uh, people like ourselves and many others will carry on. Yeah, give that a listen if you haven't already. Uh, we'll get into the, uh, the things we wanted to cover yesterday later on this afternoon, so be sure and check us out. So thank you for sitting down this morning, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. For all these topics and more, please tune in later on today and I hope everyone has a great morning.